Welcome to the HVAC Apprentice Podcast. I want to thank you guys for tuning in, man. We are rocking and rolling. Um, again, I, I can't stress enough the amount of feedback that I've been getting um, just for the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, I really just wanted to do this because, uh, you know, there was a lack of technicians in the field. More technicians were dropping out year after year. Um, and the trades are kind of suffering right now, man. So, um, anything that I can do to be a help to individuals who are struggling in the field, I want to be able to do that. Um, and again, I'm just kind of taking you through my journey as a technician and somebody who really started from the bottom, had no previous experience. And now I'm, you know, I'm not the best technician out there, but my goal is to be the best technician out there. Um, especially in the field that I'm in. Now, there are things that I don't know about commercial. There are things I don't know about industrial, and that's okay, uh, because right now my focus is residential. I don't really do much commercial work. I don't really do much industrial work. So as a residential tech, I want to be one of the best residential techs that uh, is in the trade. So that that is my focus. That is my aim. And if, um, you know, the desire comes up for me to actually go to commercial or if it comes up for me to actually move to an industrial situation, then I'll try to conquer that trade as well. Uh, well, that aspect of the trade as well. But as of right now, residential is where I am. And, um, I like it, man. I mean, I, I really enjoy my job. I love it. Um, it's something to where, you know, you got people that go to work every single day, man, and they hate getting up in the morning to go to a job that they really hate doing to have a paycheck that they're really not comfortable with just to wake up and do it all over again day after day after day. And to me, that gets mundane. I'm not, I'm not that guy, man. Um, I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to love what I'm doing. And, uh, I'll say this. I've done this job for free plenty of times before for family members, for friends, for even for strangers that I really don't know because I just enjoy the job so much. Um, now I've dialed back, on, you know, spending time away from my family because I, I do work a lot. So now, um, you know, I used to do side jobs when I was uh, a younger tech because I really didn't have a lot of money. Now, like I said, the company that I'm working for, um, they, they treat me well, man. I don't have to do side work. I don't have to do any of that extra stuff on the side to try to get, you know, extra income. Now it's just about me being able to manage the income that I have uh, because I've been afforded a great opportunity to make, you know, very decent money um, and provide a very good life for my family. So I think that is really something. And like I said, it only took me five years to get here. And there are technicians who will actually be way better than I am. They can do it much quicker than I than I did. Um, and that, that's the reason why I'm here, man. I'm trying to, you know, make sure that you as a technician have everything that you need to be successful in the field. And that way you can, you know, conquer your dreams whether it be, you know, in the field or out of the field um, and allow HVAC to help you do that. So uh, let's get started, man. Just just today. Uh, very mild day today, man. Like I said, winter is coming. We're not there yet. But we're starting to get the no heat cools rolling in. Um, my day was planned for maintenance because, you know, uh, no calls really came in over the weekend. I was the tech on call so as i get to work of course uh 
no heat demand calls start rolling in. And like I said, I'm a boiler guy. I'm a I'm a oil guy. I am the you know a furnace guy, heat pump guy. So I get to work on all different types of systems in the area that I live in, which is pretty awesome. Geothermal units, like I said, oil furnaces, burners, boilers, uh, you name it. And um, that's basically what I worked on today, man. It was a, a well McLean boiler. It was a gas boiler. Uh, and the issue that it had there was the uh, lady said that it was not heating properly. Now she uses this for her domestic hot water as well as her baseboard heating. And I get there. Um, the first thing I notice is that the system is calling it the thermostat. The uh, electronic module or the, the damper control for the zone that was calling was actually in play. Pull the uh, take a refrigeration um the, I said take a refrigeration. The take a uh, recirculating pump cover off so that I can measure the amps of the circulator pump. And I measure that the pump is actually running. So we got 0.7 amps. The point maxes out, the, amp, the amps max out at 0.74 amps. So the circulator pump is not over amping. I mean, because we're still at the 0.7 amps. So we're not over amping. Um, but we're not getting, you know, the heat to the zones that we need to get it to. So I'll go through my process of elimination, let the system run a bit. I take the flame out, uh, get a, you know, uh, inducer motor amps. And I just start checking everything, boiler temperature, water pressure, making sure that we don't have any leaks and come to find out we had a lot of leaks on this particular system. Um, but on one side of the circulator pump, we're reading 180 degrees. On the other side of the circulator pump, we're only reading about 110. And the pumps are running. The pumps running um, at least for 15 minutes at this point, because I do like to do a full thorough check. And lo and behold, the pump itself is not pumping. The motor's running, but nothing's happening on the inside. So we swapped them the pump out and uh very very simple call man very simple call and i remember my first time changing out a circulator pump <laughs> this was a this is a really funny story man i get to the guy's house and it's a brand new system like brand spanking new like this is a water to air system which means it is it has a um, a regular cooling coil in it, but when you switch it over to heating mode, it actually uses the hot water uh, from the hot water uh, from the water heater itself that is already hot, and it's the circulator pump pulls that water from the hot water uh, that's in the tank, and then it passes it through a water coil, and then it takes it back to the bottom of the tank um, through the return side. So I get there and I have no idea what's going on. This is probably my first year in the field still. Um, very first, like no heat, uh, water to air system. And a lot of times we dealt with Apollo systems and they were a pain in the butt, man. Uh, especially if they get airlocked. So I'm literally just kind of looking at everything and trying to go through the process. And remember that 
that step process that I told you guys about yesterday. Just looking step by step and trying to take it one step at a time. Going through the maintenance itself, just doing the maintenance and trying to figure out what part of the maintenance is not happening so that I can understand, okay, this is part of the demand service that I need to focus on. And I get back to the point where I look up and the circulator pump is actually above me um, and it's actually on the supply line coming from the water heater. But it just it seems funny. Like I really haven't seen one before and it just seemed funny at the time. So I'm like, I really don't know how this thing works. I feel like the outdoor unit should be running. So I go check the outdoor unit. The outdoor unit's not running at all. And I'm like, man, I just, I don't understand what's going on. So I'm like, man, let me just stand up on here. Take a look at this circulator pump. I put my hand on one side of the circulator pump and it's piping hot. Put my hand on the other side of the circulator pump and it's warm as all get out. So I'm like, okay, something has to be wrong here. And I'm looking at the arrow on the circulator pump. This actually pointed to the water heater. And at this point in time, like I said, this is my first time, you know, the first year in the field. I really don't know much about airflow. I don't know much about water pressure. I don't know much about water flow. Um, this is my very first water to air unit. I didn't even realize that you had to actually, uh, you know, uh, cut off the water to air unit in the, you know, in the summertime and then switch the levers in the wintertime so that the water can actually go straight to the, to the uh, water coil. So I didn't know any of this, but I did know that something just wasn't right. So I'm calling my boss, man. He's not answering. I call the, uh, uh, senior technician. He's not answering. And I'm like, okay, Lamont, sometimes you just have to use your common sense. Sometimes you just have to. And I look at the arrow and the arrow's pointed towards the water heater. And I'm like, for some reason, I feel like the arrow should be pointed towards the unit. And lo and behold, the arrow was pointed in the wrong direction. The circulator pump was actually pumping water back to the water heater through the supply line and the water is actually trying to rush through the circulator pump. So I called the office man and we got all that situated, got it all straightened out. And that was uh, good for me. I thought I was gonna be good to go. And they're like, all right, we'll go pick up the circulator pump. Uh, they have one at RE Michaels, get it installed. So you can head on to your next call. <laughs> and I was like, yo. This is wild, man. This is wild. Now, mind you, I had nothing but really, um, I didn't even have, I had hand tools, but I had no power tools. And the hand tools that I had was a screwdriver, uh, a Phillips flathead. I had a channel lock. What else did I have? Oh, and the nut drivers. Quarter inch, five, six, five, sixteen nut drivers. That's what I had. So I got a Phillips, a flathead, um, channel locks, you know, nut drivers, and I'm supposed to be changing out a circulator pump. And bro, when I tell you I was frustrated because <laughs> I didn't even have the tools to do the job, but 
at least I was able to diagnose it properly. And uh, that was a win for me. So when I get to the circulator pump today, man, it just reminded me of how much I struggled during that first call. Um, and that's the great thing about being a technician in the field. You can look back at some of the things that are just the most frustrating points of your job. And you can sit back and laugh at it now because you're like, man, I just remember being that stupid kid that was not even able to diagnose anything. And now I can get in front of a system that looks intimidating, break it down and be able to come out with a good and accurate diagnosis. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome, man, to be able to have that feeling, to be able to go back and see yourself and see the progress that you've made. And I would encourage you guys, I would always encourage you guys to never look at your progress as if you're not doing anything fast enough, if you're not growing fast enough. Um, because as long as you're challenging yourself every day to be the greatest technician that you can be, you will definitely see growth. And don't any don't allow someone else to measure the growth in you. You set goals for yourself, set miniature goals for yourself. If you have a KPI that you're barely meeting, set a goal for yourself to do at least five to 10 percent better the next month. And then five to 10 percent better the next month. And look at some of the things that you can do in regards to, like I said before, making sure you do a full system evaluation. So like the call that I was on today where I had to change out the circulator pump, I let the customer know, hey, you know, we, we still have a couple things that need to be addressed as well because you have some vents here that are leaking and these vents are leaking during operation all the time. And I took her with me and I showed her the amount of corrosion on the pipes um, that the pipes had. And anybody knows if you if you're looking at the manual of a boiler system and you're doing maintenance nine times out of ten, that manual is going to tell you to address any corroded lines or copper lines because that will cause damage to the system as the system is running. And the thing is, we get so used to being able to fix something that we we, we zero in on what the actual problem is and we're not looking at the reason why these problems have been caused. Now, I'm not saying that the air vent is something that was causing the uh, circulator pump to fail. No, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that if we look at the full system and we do a full system evaluation, it gives us the opportunity to prevent further breakdowns. It gives us the opportunity to prevent callbacks and it gives us the opportunity to put more money in our pocket because now we're doing a service to the customer by bringing this up to them, allowing them to see something that, needs to be addressed and then allowing the customer to make a decision at that point. So, and the way I handle it is this is your equipment. You can choose to fix, replace, or not do anything with it. But my job as a technician is to alert you to the status of, of your system and to alert you to the potential problems that may arise if this is not taken care of. And my thing is, I'm not going to push them to go either way. I'm not going to push them to buy. I'm not going to push them to not buy. I'm going to remain a completely neutral because that takes all the pressure off of me. My job is done. I document it. I take a picture of it and I allow the customer to see the aftermath if they don't do it. And I give them 
the opportunity to see what happens if they do do it. So our job as technicians is almost as almost like we're counselors in a way. They see us as the Superman that comes in and, and saves the day. But I consider myself to be more of a Batman. Yeah, Batman comes in and saves the day, but what does he also do? He scares the craps out of the criminals so that they don't keep coming back, even though they do keep coming back. But anyway, so, you know, our job is to put the customer at ease and put the customer in a position to where they have the opportunity to prevent a breakdown from happening based on what we see. And that's extremely important because the moment you can start pinpointing other things outside of just, okay, you're low on refrigerant. Let me fill you up and keep you moving. Okay. Customers will appreciate that. And then what will they do year after year? They'll say, Hey, yeah, you know, during our maintenance, uh, Lamont normally, you know, fills me up with refrigerant. And then, uh, so, you know, we, we may be a little low. Can you check the refrigerant pressures? So the customers already, they already have that in their mind. And that's what I was getting when I initially, uh, started working. But I started saying to myself, okay, well, if this is a closed system, the system should not be leaking year after year. At least not to the point where we have to put a pound of refrigerant in each time we come to our maintenance or more. So my thing is, hey, Mr. So-and-so, I understand that you're saying that, you know, you have the system filled with refrigerant every year. But did you know that the system is not supposed to leak this amount of refrigerant every year? Now, there is off gases and stuff like that that does leak from the refrigerant, but it's, it's very minimal and it's not to the point where the system needs to be recharged every year. So I say to the customer, hey, have we thought about taking care of the issue? If a system is a closed system and is not supposed to leak at the rate that it's leaking, were they ever able to find the leak? Nine times out of 10, they said no. I wasn't aware that I had a leak. Well, yes, sir. If the technician has to come by every year to refill the system with refrigerant, more than likely there is a leak and a leak search needs to be conducted. When I do that, that kind of opens the eyes of the customer and say, okay, well, Hey, this may be a problem. And then one of the first things they always say was why did they never tell me this before? And my response is, hey, I, you know, I'm not sure, but we're trying to do things differently going forward to make sure that the customer has uh, the utmost uh, benefit of the maintenance. So actually adding refrigerant to the system every year is not the most effective way to make sure that you're maintaining efficiency standards and to make sure that you're getting the most bang for your buck. So in order for us to do that, Let's locate the leak and see if we can correct the leak. Meaning if there is a spot that needs to be brazed to make sure that the leak doesn't continue to happen, or if there's a coil that needs to be replaced or a component that needs to be replaced, let's get that taken care of. And I will tell you that my average ticket, I believe. So we're still in November. My average ticket for October uh, for service was about $1,400. That's my average ticket. Um, I don't know what it is for November yet, but the average ticket actually includes my 
system sales, as well as my repairs. So my system sales and my repairs almost run neck and neck. Um, and I may be a little off here because I, I don't really remember exactly what my numbers were. Uh, but I think I was around 70,000 in sales, which is system sales. No, I, th I think it was 70,000 period, I think, uh, with 30,000 in system sales and then 30,000 plus in repairs. So I may have been closer on the uh, higher end of the 30s on the repair side and the lower end of the 30s on the, on the sales side. Um, and like I said, I don't really sell anything the customer doesn't need. Actually, I don't sell anything the customer doesn't need. Um, I educate the customer and I let them know what it is that they need to do to rectify the situation. And then I let them make that decision. I don't know what their financial situation is, but I ask because you want to be able to understand if the customer is going to be throwing away money by doing a repair for a system that, you know, will not see the benefit of it on the back end or if it's more beneficial for the customer to actually repair it than replace. And like I told you, my thing is I'm not going to push the customer either way. I'm going to give the customer the information that they need so that they can make the informed decision themselves and be in a position to where at the end of the day, they are okay with whatever decision they made. My job is to point them in a direction of either repair or replacement. And then whichever way they point, my job is to get it scheduled if it's to do the repair, I do the repair. If it's to get it scheduled with install, I get it scheduled with install. So a lot of times the pressure of becoming a new technician and the pressure of meeting certain KPIs, um, that can weigh on you. And that's something that you don't want to happen. So like I said, focus on the full system evaluation, focus on like building up your ability to have smaller wins, you know what I mean? So that way, when you're looking in the big picture, you'll see yourself progressing year after year, after year, after year. And what does that do for you as an individual? Of course, one, it boosts your confidence. Two, it helps you become a better technician. And then three, it gives you value for a company. And we talked about the value that needs to be had in a company. Um, so, like I said, I enjoyed doing that um, circulator pump today because it allowed me to go right back to where I was mentally and see how far I came. Um, it's good to look back, man. It's good to, to look at those small victories and it's good to be, you know, cognizant of what you are now and who you are now and what you came from. So, hey, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, that was my little rant. <laughs> Um, Hey, I'm looking to get a couple people on the podcast right now with COVID is just extremely weird, man, because I have the studio set up in the house and I'm really leery about people coming to the house and I don't want to have to, you know, make them do a COVID test before they come into the crib. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to find other ways to get it done. I may actually have to start making phone calls, um, on the podcast, which I think will probably be the best way for us to do it. So, um, yeah, look forward to, to listening to, uh, some of the guests that I've worked with before, man. Um, I'm super excited to get them on. I just got to figure out a way to do it to where it still sounds good. The audio quality is there and we can still have a good time. 
Uh, I'm a I'm a guy that I like to be face to face with somebody, man, especially if we're having some beers, if we're drinking, you know, I love to drink some tequila when I'm talking. So to me, the atmosphere and the energy, the vibe is always better face to face. But if I can't do it, I got to figure out how to do it a different way. So um, that will be coming soon, man. Um, but like I said, a couple things today. Know your worth as a technician, build your worth as a technician and make sure you have the right tools for the job. All right. So until next time, man, I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll catch y'all on the next one.